Good morning. God's good, isn't he? Yeah, give, give the Lord praise, amen? Isn't he good? Well, I want to welcome you to Cornerstone Church. My name is Sean Epkin, lead pastor here. Listen, a, year, a little over a year ago, my wife asked me to go to this marriage conference, and I did not want to because I don't need to be fixed. And plus, it was going to cost us a whole lot of money because it wasn't at Cornerstone. It was in Bethel Church in, or near in Redding, California. And, um, and I was going to have to spend a lot of money to go after that, the money I'm saving for my Camaro. <laughs> my daughter says, your Camaro? Yeah, my Camaro. <laughs> yeah, I've got a minivan for you. Anyway, um... And um, we didn't, I, or be honest with you, I, I didn't want to do it, I'm, you know, but, you know, we did. And um, we, I decided to go ahead, and I'm the one who made the reservations, I'm the one who got everything together, and um, I really wasn't looking forward to it, because it was, it was nine hours long a day. Now, I did a five-day one, and with my ADD tendencies, and, you know, I, you know, I get bored during my message, but anyway... Um, <laughs> I start thinking of, hmm, I'm hungry, you know, <laughs> and I, I can do that, I'm multitasking. Anyway, um, and so here I am, I just didn't want to go through that nine hour long, five days for that five days and spend, I mean, we spent a lot of money to go out there, and um, uh, it was the best thing in my life. And I double dog dare you to go after this. I dare you men to sign up. And say, Sean, well, I don't know about the money. Listen, God will provide. Amen? God will provide. Or Pastor Tom won, okay? And um, he's not in here. I should have said it when he's in here. God will provide for you. And, uh, and I know some of you just can't. And, and listen, we'll have something else for you later. But, but if you can do it, I promise you, you will not regret this. Invest in your marriage. Now, I don't care if you've been married 50 years. Listen, there's people there that were 19 years old, and there were people there that were 80 years old. And I tell you what, man, everybody got, got touched. I mean, there was, I don't know, 40, 60 couples in our, in our group. It was just wonderful. And God really moved, and even mine and Lisa's marriage just got increased. And there were some things that were that were going on, and we realized them. But but God just really came in by the Holy Spirit. And so I, I encourage you. We bring we're bringing this here, so it will be a lot cheaper for you. And so I want to encourage you to sign up and come to that. Okay. And for everybody who's single in here, Amen. We actually have something that can I announce it? Okay. It's called uh, a conference called Single Life that will actually be going on that same weekend. Actually, on Sunday, we'll give you more information about it. And uh, it's f- huh? And for you, it is free. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The same. It will be the same speakers, Barry and Lori, and uh, it's just going to be an amazing thing. Ryan Hill's been through that. If you want to know more about it, uh, he's been to one of those also. God's good, isn't he? Amen. Are you guys excited about 2014? Well, you might as well be, you know. I tell you what, God is just doing so much, and we're beginning a new series today on prayer. And listen, I'm so excited about this. We have people that are going to be going through our cell groups and learning about prayer, and 
And I want to challenge you just to engage in it, okay? And uh, just listen and be a part and read. In fact, I want to recommend a book to you. This is one of the most powerful books on prayer, of getting you excited about prayer that I have ever read. I, I mean, I read it not once. I've read it four times now. And, um, and uh, it is just, because i got a bad memory, but anyway, that's why I'm doing it. But, um, but uh, listen, it is excellent, and I want to encourage you to buy this book. Is it, do we have this in the bookstore now? Did we get the first service, bought them all? Mardell's Hazens for Five. Who wants this book? I don't know whose it is. Come here, here, here. I don't, I don't, I don't know who's, who's, whoever booked this is was on my desk. I will have to pay them for it. Enjoy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I love my life. Anyway, anyway, God is so good. So I want to, I want to talk to you. I want to begin on prayer, and uh, and we we have cell groups going on and everything else. But I, I, listen, I want you to really engage. Today is really starting a twenty-one day. Thing. I'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute, but let's pray, okay? Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you that, God, we were never good enough, but you became good enough for us. And so, Father, that made us good enough. You made us worthy of who you are. And so, Father, I just thank you for your word today. Father, that goes out clearly. Now, Father God, even when it doesn't, your Holy Spirit will teach us even better. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Well, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Luke chapter 11. And I'm going to talk about prayer for the next four, four weeks. I think we may even do a little bit more, but I'm not sure yet. I'm just praying about it. <laughs> but um, I want us to learn about prayer. I want us to engage in prayer. And see, that's God calling right now, you know. And, <laughs> Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Let's read this. It says, Now it came to pass, as he was praying, Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Now, I believe this about most believers, that most believers don't pray on a consistent, regular basis. That's just the truth. I'm not putting us down I'm just saying that that's it. I know that used to be like that in my life. I just didn't pray. I prayed when, when I needed something or when I was in trouble with my dad. Then when I got married with my wife, I, got, I prayed for that. And um, I mean, that's when we go to pray or we pray before a meal or, or, or something. In fact, most of us, our understanding of prayer is basically just hearing someone else pray. And we don't really engage in prayer. And in fact, sometimes our prayers are so short that we just don't engage in the Lord and that relationship with them. And I don't think most believers, I would probably ask everybody in here, you guys would all say, I believe in prayer. In fact, you can follow along. There's some notes in there. And the first point is, is that there, there is power in a single prayer. And I totally believe that. I believe there's so much power in prayer. And so I believe most believers, it's not that they don't want to pray. It's not that they don't believe in prayer, because I believe most people do. I just think we just don't know how. And so since we don't know how, we feel awkward praying. How many has ever felt awkward praying? Just raise your hand. My, my hand's up too. And you may, may feel awkward praying, not just in front of people, but probably even of yourself that, you know, like me, I, I used to run out of words. You know, I pray, you know, God help me you know, in Jesus' name, I'm done. I just don't know anything else to do. And, uh, and so a lot of our, we just don't engage in prayer because we just don't know how to pray. We don't know what it is. And prayer is just like, 
just is not something that's very real in our lives. But prayer, just like anything else, the more you do it, the better you become. And the more you understand it, the better you see the value in it. And a lot of times we just pray, and, and I, I've, I've, I've counseled people and talked to people so many times, say, Sean, I pray and I don't see any results. Listen, I want to help you with that. And, and we're all going along this together. We're all going to grow together in this and learning how to pray because prayer is this. It's opening up your heart so we can receive all the good things that God has. And great things happen when we pray. And I see that. And we see that through the Word. And God's not a respecter of people. It's not just because it happened there. It happens now. And I see people happen, seeing prayer happen in their life and being excited about prayer and now prayer to me because i've learned some principles and i've learned some things and i'm definitely not there yet but i've learned some things man i love i just can't wait to pray and that really seemed would me saying that number of years ago that would really seem foreign to me because i didn't really like to pray now i like to study i like to read the word but praying was something that was just you know okay let's let those crazy people who like to intercede do that you know but no it be, has become more exciting to me i can't wait to pray and i'm built up in prayer and i see things happen in prayer and Things happen when you pray. And we see that. We see in Matthew chapter 17. You don't have to turn there. The disciples were having a hard time seeing this person healed and casting out this demon. And so, and, and so he says, well, what, what, what's the matter? Why couldn't we do that? And so Jesus took over and he did it. And he, they said, why, why couldn't we do that? And he says, well, it's because of your unbelief. But he says also in verse 21, he says, More, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, he's not talking about the prayer and fasting that just happens. He's talking about a lifestyle that he lived. And that's a lifestyle that you and I are called to live, a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. And when you and I pray, we invite God into every single area of our life. And prayer becomes powerful in every single area of our life. And I see, I know, I know when I pray that God hears my prayers. I know He hears my prayers and He answers them. And so we're going to talk about this. So turn to James chapter 5, because I believe there's power in a single prayer. James chapter 5, verse 16. Look what it says here. And James is talking to believers here. And he says this in James chapter 5, verse 16. He says, confess your sins or your trespasses to one another. So turn to your neighbor and do that right now as I take a drink. You guys. Anybody actually do it? Anyway, <laughs> Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And then it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And I love what it says in the NLT. It says this, the earnest prayer of a righteous person. Who's righteous in here? If you're a believer in here, just raise your hand. You've accepted Jesus. The Bible says you are righteous. That means you are right standing with God. So he says in the NLT, he says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person Person, I love this, has great power and wonderful results. Now, I don't know about you. If you were to describe your prayer life, could you describe it like that? Could you describe your prayer life as great power and have wonderful results? Well, we need to. As believers, we need to. The problem is, a lot of times, we've talked ourselves out of it. We've talked ourselves out a very powerful God. 
We've talked ourselves away from becoming a people of prayer. And we've allowed the enemy to steal that part in our lives. And so as we go along in this journey, this next four to six weeks, listen, God's going to do something incredible in your life. Because if you avail yourself, that you give yourself to this, you're going to see something powerful about prayer. Because the earnest prayer of a righteous man, a righteous woman, has great power. And you'll see wonderful results. And this is why, at the beginning of this year, we want to put the reset button on our lives and talk about prayer. So we can do this year right by becoming a people of prayer. And we enter into this lifestyle of prayer. We're going to see something really cool because we're going to see God really move. Because I want you to know something. There is nothing that God wants more than to keep His promises to you to keep His promises in His Word, to answer prayers, to perform miracles, to fulfilling dreams, because that's who He is. That's what He does. And the bigger the circle of prayer that you're going to be learning about, how to draw circles of prayer. And what I mean by circles of prayer is that we pray the promises of God around our dreams, around our problems, Around even our fears. We pray those promises around. And we just keep on praying them. And we don't focus on the problem. We don't focus just really as much on the dreams. We focus on the promises of God. And He gets the glory from it. The greatest moments in our life is when we allow God to come down and intersect with our inadequacies and allow His great power to come inside of us. And allow Him to be God in our lives. And this is what's happening with a lot of Christians. Is we don't allow God to be God. We try to do everything in our own power and in our own strength. And listen, it doesn't work that way. You will fail every single time. But when we engage God into our lives, something great, something powerful happens when an omnipotent uh, you know, God, you know, all-powerful God comes into our life and does something greater. And He intervenes because we invite Him to intervene in our lives. And I promise you this, God is ready and He is waiting for him, for, for him to come and do this in our lives. So while I have no idea of where circumstances have you right now, I want you to understand, I'm confident in this, you're only one prayer away from a dream fulfilled, a miracle performed, a promise kept. And I promise you, it's going to be really cool what God does in us. Because I believe in the power of a single prayer. And listen, you need that. How many want your prayers to have great power and deliver wonderful results? I mean, I do. I want it more, and I'm definitely not there yet. I want more of that. And I believe as us as a church, we had our first um, corporate prayer, prayer gathering yesterday on Saturday morning. It was Saturday at 8 to 10. I invite you to come to that if you can. Well, I meant that. I meant 8 to 9. It's 8 to 9. You can come to 8 to 10. I'm not going to be there. But anyway... Eight to nine o'clock. And I tell you what, God radically did something. I mean, he blew my mind on what he did with just the group that was there. And we had a great number there. But it was just how what God did. And I tell you what, when we allow God to be God, great things are going to happen. But I want you to understand this one point, though. In order to have this amazing prayer life, in, more, in order to step into the greater things, into what God has for you, you've got to understand this one very simple principle but it's a very life-changing truth that God is for you. 
Write that down. God is for you. If you don't believe that, then you won't enter into what God has for you. You won't believe that God wants to intersect your life with His power. You won't believe that He wants to answer your prayers. You won't even search for it in His Word. You've got to believe that God loves you and He cares for you and He is for you. And if you don't believe that, then you're going to pray these small, timid prayers that probably you can do and see accomplished. But if you start believing, man, that God is for me, that He wants to answer His, my prayers, that He wants to perform His promises, that He promised already in His Word. See, see listen, I'm not talking about praying prayers that are selfish. I'm not talking about praying prayers that, that just you want to just pray. And I'm not talking about, about praying these things that are out of the will of God or anything like that. I'm talking about you finding the promises of God in His Word and praying His will and having faith for that. Because faith is where the will of God is known. And when you know His promises... God wants to perform it. And you know He wants to perform His promise because you know Him. And when you get to know Him and know God, you're going to know that He loves you and He cares for you and that His Word is very true. And He wants to perform what He says in His Word. And so when we learn and we go through this process and go through this journey together the next four to six weeks, that we're going to see God perform some things. We're going to see God really move on our behalf and we're going to see our faith lifted up. And now, because of that, we know Him. We're not going to pray small, timid prayers. We're going to pray these big, bold prayers. These prayers that only God can do. Like the prayer we're starting to pray right now, and you'll hear more about it next week, about the Cornerstone 500, about us paying off our building loan. That $240,000, we need to come in extra this year. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. There's no way. We don't have 500 giving units in this church. Only God can perform that. God is going to do that. And so we can pray those bold prayers because why? We know it's the will of God. And we know that. And if you're righteous, so you're, if you're righteous in here, your prayers are going to have powers, power and great power. Not just power, great power and see great results. And then if we're going to do that, let's pray these bold prayers. Let's pray these bold dreams. Let's pray what God says to pray. In James chapter 5, verse 17, I love what James talks about here. He talks about the prophet Elijah, very powerful man in the word of God, and very powerful prophet. And look what he says here in James 5, 17. He says, Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for the next three and a half years. Then he prayed for rain, and down it poured. The grass turned green and the crops began to grow again. I love that. But he said this. He says, I love how he says, Elijah was human as we are. He was just like you and I. Yet when he prayed, something happened. The same thing can happen to you and I. If we pray the will of God, we're going to see the things happen. You know, Elijah, if you look back in Elijah's life, he dealt with fear. He dealt with insecurities, just like you and I. How many guys ever deal with fear and insecurities in your life? I do. I mean, I deal with those things. But I can pray bold prayers because I know it's the will of God. You've heard me tell the story over and over again about Lisa and I wanting kids. And, and uh, we had Julia, and not that Julia was enough. You know, we, you know, she was great and everything, but we wanted a son. You're not a boy, you're a girl. And, okay, you know that. Um, 
But, she's going to stop sitting on the front row, I promise you. But anyway, and so we wanted a son, and you guys heard the story. We prayed. Doctors couldn't say we couldn't, couldn't have it, and so we just began to pray bold prayers. Lisa would go out, as I talked with last week, go out and buy boy clothes and, and everything. And we just prayed that. Well, we went to the, hospital, the, the doctor, and the doctor said we, were, you know, we, 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 we did a test, and it said it was pregnant, but the doctor said we can't find anything in the sack. And I says, no, I need someone to tell me where she's pregnant because we believe she was, and we believe that. And so we did that, and then the next week or two, um, Lisa starts to bleed. And um, it's on a Wednesday night. And so I get up on a Wednesday night in front of 200 and some young people. And I begin to say, God will, uh, that the devil will not steal our seed, that we will have our son Josiah. And I begin to pray that out loud, bold, in front of all these, these young people and, and adults that were there. And I tell you what, I never look back. You can pray bold prayers because you know your God and because you know his promises towards you. You can pray those things. And I tell you what, the Bible says when he prayed this earnest prayer, God answered him. When you and I are convinced in our hearts that God is for us and not against us and that he loves us and that he wants to answer his promises. His promises are what? Yes, and amen. That means they are done. So be it. They're accomplished. And when we know that, and we are the righteous, we can pray these big and bold prayers because God wants you to pray bold prayers. He wants to intersect his, your life with His power and His ability in your life. And see, God's not offended by that. He wants you to do that. And so when you do that, that's when you really live by faith. And you trust in the Lord that, man, I can do that. I can overcome these issues because I have the promises of God. I know He's already done it for me. Bold prayers are praying with confidence that we are praying the will of God. And that's what we do. And when we talk about circling the promises, and you'll hear more of that, we're talking about circling, circling the, the issues in your life with the promises of God and praying for them. I love what 1 John five fourteen says. Now this is the confidence. That word confidence means free and fearless confidence. Cheerful courageous boldness and assurance. So he says, now this confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he what? Hears us. I love that. In Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 15 or so. I don't have time to read the, the, whole, chat, the whole story, but it's when Joshua was, and the Israelite army was going to battle Jericho. The big wall city. You've got to understand, here they are, and there's the Lord's promise to them for hundreds of years was there that they were going to have a promised land. His predecessor, Moses, couldn't go into it because of his unbelief. And here Joshua is starting to march in. And he comes to this city. The city has a six-foot-wide lower wall with a 50-foot-high upper wall surrounding the whole city. So this nation of Israel is coming to the city. They have to defeat cities. You, that's how you gain the land. And so they have to go into the city. And, and so here's, they come to this wall and they say, oh my goodness, it's, it's, it, there's no way it can be done. And so here's what God tells them to do. God's going to give them a way to do that. He says, I just want you to march around the city. I want you to keep silent. That's how the wall is going to go down. He says, I want you to walk, walk around 
the city, circle the city. And he promised after circling the city 13 times over seven days, that wall will fall. Now, the first thing they must have thought, I said, man, no way. There must be another way. And though these soldiers, once they start circling the city, they must have felt a little foolish. I don't know about you. Some of the prayers I'm praying right now, at the very beginning, it seems a little foolish to me. It seems like, well, there's just no way. How many has ever prayed a prayer that you just didn't feel, you feel kind of foolish praying? Not just in front of people. And so these guys must have felt a little foolish. But with each circle that they marched around that city, their stride grew longer and stronger. With each circle, a holy confidence was building this pressure inside to come out. So you've got to understand something. When you learn that there's power in a single prayer, and that God is for you, and that He wants to answer His promises. See, I'm not telling, asking you to pray something outside of His will. You're going to pray the promises of God. When you realize that, and you continue to circle whatever you need to circle in prayer, a holy confidence starts to rise up inside of you. And so these soldiers are going around, and I bet this holy confidence was rising up inside of them. And by the seventh day, their faith was ready to pop. They were expecting something. They arose before dawn and started circling at 6 o'clock in the morning that day. And at 3 miles per hour, per hour marching around that city, they began their final lap around that city. Took them to about 9 o'clock. And they were just silent, circling the promise of God. And then, after they're done, the priests sounded their horns, and simultaneously, those 600,000 Israelite soldiers let out a roar that toppled those, those walls. See, after seven days of circling Jericho, God delivered on a 400-year-old promise. Let me tell you something. I don't know when the promises you're praying are going to come to pass. I just know they're going to come to pass. Because His promises don't have expiration dates. And as we circle the promises, you know what happens when you begin to pray like this? When you begin to write down the issue, the Jericho in your life, and find the promises of the Word of God, and start praying those promises around. You know what happens? It stops you focusing on the issue, and focusing on the God who's going to perform a miracle in your life. Amen? That's what I do every single day. I focus on the promises of God. When I'm focusing on my healing, I don't look at my affliction. I look at the promises of God and I speak that. And I tell you what, man, I'll start speaking that over and over again. And I tell you what, it rises up inside of me. I pray every morning, every morning with my kids. I pray every morning and I pray, I pray for financial blessing for my life. And the reason I can pray financial blessing for my life, I pray for this church. I pray it over you guys is because I know that's God's will. And I know he wants you, me to be blessed. I know he wants his church to be blessed financially so we can propagate the gospel all throughout this world. And I know he wants you to do that. And I know I can pray that because I'm a giver. I'm, I, I'm a giver and I'm faithful with what he gives me. And so I know I can pray his will. I know he has healed me. I can pray his will on that. Because I know his promises are real. And his promises never end. God will ultimately deliver 
on his promises because you're praying the will of God and you never stop and you get excited. And that's the thing that's happened to me. I am more excited about my healing today than I was four years ago when this first came. In fact, every morning I'm waking up with such an expectancy of walking. I... I, every day I look at my bank account and I, and I pray what I, the promises of God. Because I know we're, Lisa and I are going to pay off our house. I know we're going to live like, like um, what's the guy's name? Ram, Dave Ramsey says, live like no one else so you can actually live like no one else. Amen? And that's the God thing. And whatever those issues. So I don't know, what is your Jericho? What is your Jericho right now? Find that out and pray promises around them. Pray the promises of God around those things. Because most people, they never pray promises. They never draw circles. They draw blanks. They don't know what to pray. But if you write it down and circle Jericho with the promise of God, you're going to see God do so many amazing things in your life. So I'm asking you to do this. I want to challenge you to do this 21-day prayer challenge with us. I want you to look in your bulletin right now. I want you to get out 10 steps to setting life goals. Most people never do this, and there's instructions on how to do it. I don't want to go through this. But I want you to write down your dreams, your goals in your life. And then I want you to pray, and I want you to ask, what is your Jericho? And I want you to take one thing, a dream, a problem, um, a fear, whatever it is, and I want you to make that your main thing for the next 21 days. And I want you to find in the Word of God the promises that relate to that, whether it's financial, healing, um, relational, whatever it is, ministry, Whatever it is, I want you to find out what is your Jericho. What in this next 21 days you're going to circle the promises around. Now, you can have more, but I just really want you to get one at least. And circle the promises. Pray the promises of God daily on a consistent level. And let's watch God move in this. This is a prayer experiment. And so just pick a time every single day just to pray. You identified something or someone, whatever it is, and daily you're praying that for 21 days straight here. But the goal isn't here. We're not trying to force God's hand. Listen, you can't force God's hand. You can't work to get your prayer right. You're just believing by faith. We're not trying to force God's hand. We're just agreeing with what He's already established. See, the promises of God are already established for you and I. They're not asking God to do something new. He's already done it. This is already the promises of God. So we're just adding our agreement when we pray to the promises that are already there. That's prayer. That's faith. It's not selfishness. It's not picking something out of here or out of there. It's really, it's something that's laid in stone. It has a foundation, the word of God. And so we're going to pray that every day for the next 21 days. And the whole goal is not to see it happen in 21 days. It may happen, it may not, but the whole goal is for you and I to develop a prayer life consistently and watch God. And after 21 days, you don't see it happen, you continue to do that over and over again. Because if you don't do it, it ain't going to happen anyway. 
You're just going to pray amiss. You're going to pray out there and it's not going to mean anything. But you're going to develop a prayer life. We're as a church are going to be intentional. You have heard me use that word intentional over and over again. We're intentional about being a great church. We're intentional about doing things. And we're definitely going to be intentional about being a church of prayer. Not just a building of prayer. A church, you and I, a people of prayer. And that's the whole heart of what we're doing. It, And we're going to have this consistency. Not about, see, our generation needs to know something a lot more. about Not just about praying for something, but about praying through something. To seeing it accomplished. Listen, if the nation of Israel, if Joshua would just been like Moses, they never would have went in. If he didn't believe the promises of God were yes and amen. And did what God said. And so I want you to pray through this thing. I want you to get your Jericho. I want you to write down your goals. And I want you to start getting the promises of God, look in the word of God, and start praying the promises. And you may seem, it may seem a little silly. Now you don't have to walk in circles. Don't do that. Unless, unless it's a property. Did you know that Pastor Tom and the elders of this church, I don't know, Dave Haskins might have done that. There's land over here. Most of this parking lot is on another land that we had purchased about 10 years ago. They've been praying for that for years for that land. They wanted over a million dollars for a piece of property from, from basically where you enter in right now to the Conoco and back over this way. They wanted a million dollars, and we didn't pay that much for it. I can't remember how much we paid. We didn't pay that much for it, though. But they circled. They walked around that land and prayed for that. This land right here, Pastor Tom personally walked around. So we're going to pray the promises of God for our life. And we're going to circle and we're going to pray through. And we're going to find ourselves maybe on our faces before God. We're going to find ourselves just in His presence, just worshiping Him and His thanking, thanking Him. And listen, I want to call you out and I want you to pray bold prayers. So when you get home and you do this thing, I don't want you to pr- just say, God, help me buy a Coke tomorrow. No, don't, don't do that. You can, you, can, you can buy me a Coke tomorrow, but I want, you to pray. I want you to find something that only he can do. How many guys will be willing to do that with me? Pray that something that only he can do. And just pray the promises. And it's not just about getting it, because you know you're going to get it. Because you're going to find it in his word, and it's the promise of God. You're going to pray the will of God, because that's going to happen. Whether it's now or whether it's later, it doesn't matter. You know it's going to be accomplished in your life. Amen? It could be your relationship. It could be your relationship with your kids. I don't know what it is, but you're going to see some God just really move in this. But I'm also believing that you're going to see it in 21 days too. I believe, and I've been praying, and I really felt like the Lord says, we're going to see some miraculous events. And we've already started seeing some. A lady we've been praying for who had leukemia does not have leukemia anymore. Thank you, Jesus. God's good. He is good. He is for you. And you have power that he has given you that you don't even know or operate yet in it yet, but you will now. Amen? Bow your heads, close your eyes. So, Father, I just thank you. That, Father God, that prayer is not a religious thing we do. But prayer is a powerful event that causes us to be like you. And so, Father, we choose to do that. 
So Father, in this next 21 days, as we go through in teaching and here on Sundays and go through teaching in our cell groups and just in just prayer times, God, Father, I just thank you you're going to do a miraculous thing. That God, we're going to see our church become a church of prayer. That Father God, we're going to pray your will, God, and we're going to have great power and see wonderful results. And so I thank you for everyone in here that we commit to that right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we look forward to all that you are going to do. And so as we go out of here even today, Lord, that, that Father God, we go out searching you to find the Jericho we need to pray bold prayers about and seeing those walls come down, seeing the things happen, Lord, in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you that just an excitement to be in your presence is coming. An excitement to pray is coming, Lord, in Jesus' name. That we won't take it lightly, but it become a Holy Spirit-inspired event in our lives. In Jesus' name. Everyone's eyes closed. No one looking around, please. If you're here today, you ne- you've never given your life to Jesus. Let me tell you something. I mentioned one of my points that God is for you. He loves you. He is not mad at you. And He wants to come into your life and give you a brand new life. He really does. And you're sitting there, and I don't know you, you know there's something missing inside of you. Well, what's missing is Him. And He loves you, and He cares for you. And He wants to come in and see your life changed. But you have to give Him control. You have to give them permission. This is how you do that. By receiving Him as Lord and Savior. And what I mean by that, by making the decision to follow Christ. And I'm going to give you an opportunity here to do that. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise your hands. And if you can do that, and you want to give your life completely to the Lord, you raise your hand and you can put it down, and I'm going to pray with you. And we're going to pray a prayer together. And you're going to commit to Him. And this will be a day that will be a life change for you. So I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never done that before, and you want to do that today, three people this first service already done that, gave their lives to the Lord. If that's you today, and you want to do that right now, don't leave this place because He loves you, and He wants to intersect His life with yours today. Just raise your hand right where you're at and you can put it down if you want to give your life to the Lord. Anybody in here today? Anybody, just raise your hand. You can put your hands down once you put them, put them up. Anybody else? Those who are already raised their hands, thank you. One more time, anybody, if you want to, you know already, I don't have to talk you into it. It's already there. You know you need something more. Okay, put your hands down. Amen. So let's pray. Everyone in here, pray. Repeat after me. If you raise your hand, those who did, just repeat after me. And God's going to meet you where you're at right now. And your life from this day forward will be forever changed. Okay? So pray this prayer. Believe with all your heart. Here we go. Father God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. To take all my sin and my wrongdoing upon himself. He was punished for me so I wouldn't have to be. So I lay down my life and I give it to Him. And I accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And from this day forward, I make Him the boss of my life. And I thank You, Lord, for loving me unconditionally. And from now on, I will serve You. I will seek You. And your word says, I will find you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise right now. God is so good.